You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the MLB Pipeline Podcast. We have a huge show for you today. We've got the Futures game and the draft coming up. On the same day, we're going to preview those. Uh, Jim Callis, Jonathan Mayo, I'm Jason Ratliff. We're also going to talk to Royals top prospect Bobby Witt Jr., who will be involved in the Futures game. Uh, We'll break down the Futures game rosters. Uh, We're going to be busy also with the high school All-American game, the MLB USA Baseball High School All-American game, the high school home run derby. We'll talk uh, about some of the competitors there. This is a double draft, a double mock draft podcast. We're going to mock the first 10 picks of the draft, and then Jim and Jonathan are also going to draft a Futures Game Home Run Derby squad uh, made up of the players who will be participating in Sunday's game, and we'll wrap up, as we always do, by answering some of your questions in the mailbag. All right, guys, let's start with the draft. Uh, First, this week's going to be pretty nuts this week and, and going into next week, but we've been looking ahead to this for many months and it's here and uh, what I mean can you think of a crazier busier week since you've been working in baseball I cannot no I I this is it right I scanned the the decades of my work here nope this is it you know we keep saying that basically we've taken the two sort of our two biggest events of the year in the draft and the futures game and just plopped them in the fir- on the same day it's going to be fun so the draft has to kind of, if, if we're going to prioritize the two things, the futures game and the draft, I think we've, we've got to prioritize the draft. That's just the fact of the matter. Let's start off by talking a little bit about how this draft class is shaping up, what's going on at the top, and then we'll get into our mock draft. Uh, did you guys uh, decide who's going to pick first here? We did not. That's your job. I don't have a I don't have a coin to flip. Use a mental coin. Mental coin. I don't have any of those either. <laughs> Jim, you go first. There you go. That's fine. It, you you just want to dive right into the, uh, the mock draft? You, or did you want to talk did, about that? I thought you wanted to talk about the the quality of the draft or yeah, how I mean, it's what, shaping up or yeah, give, yeah. Us, give us you know give us a general overview of of what's going on right now. It's been I know it's been weird because we had the extra month built in here. Yeah, you know, I, I was going to say with the extra month, Jason. <laughs> I know teams feel this way. I think I feel, I, well, I know I feel this way. I, I will speak for Jonathan and he can correct me if I'm wrong, but he probably feels this way. It's like we've had this extra month and there really hasn't been that much that, that's going to move the needle on guys happened in that last month. And so it's just like we've filled the vacuum with like, okay, we're going to slave away on the draft for an extra month and, and all wish that it was, you know, kind of still in June. But I, I, I think in terms of the talent, you know, I still think there's a, a tier of about eight players that, that are the top tier in the draft. You know, the four high school shortstops, the two Vanderbilt right-handers, Henry Davis and Jackson Job, and we'll go over those guys when we when we project the first ten picks in a minute. And then you have a second tier of about six or seven guys, mostly college the bats and, and college arms. And I think Benny Montgomery is kind of in that tier. And then after that, I, I just don't think there's a lot of consensus as to what's going to go on in the, in the second half of the first round. Like it, I, I had one guy with a team that picks in the 20s say that, that their attitude is don't laugh at our pick and we won't laugh at yours. Um, I think there's going to be some surprises just in terms of teams maybe taking guys who, you know, are, I don't know, 40th or 50th on our list, 22nd or something. Um, I don't feel like there's much consensus. What do you think, Jonathan? Does that- no, I agree with that. There, there isn't. And the, the lack of separation certainly has made projecting a first round even you know, maybe more difficult. Although I feel like that's every year either seems to be like, well, we don't really know. And we're hoping as this week goes on and teams have been meeting that we'll have a little sense. Um, I think overall, it feels to me that if there's going to be like one strength, it's high school bats. And we've talked a lot about the shortstops. At the top, you know, four of them could go in the top 10. You know, they could go one, two uh, in terms of high school shortstops. And then there's a, a like a fairly decent pool of high school hitters that could go anywhere from 
the back half of the first round into the second round, depending on how things sort of end up uh, unfolding as, as the draft go, goes on. But, uh, you know, it, it, to me, that's the one thing that I've kind of been drawn to, that there seems to be a certain amount of depth where you could get a really good high school hitter outside of the first round in, in this year's class. And what about the fact that this extra month has included the College World Series, Draft Combine? How much changed, if at all, uh, due to those uh, events that normally would not be taking place before the draft? I think oh, – go ahead, John. No, I was going to say like, – I, I, I think it, you know, it, it's more data in general. You know, I, don't, I don't know that you know, the College World Series as a whole is going to vastly shake up the, the landscape, say, of the, of the first round. I think there are some examples of guys who certainly made some money. You know, Will Bednar from Mississippi State comes to mind because he was so good. You know, and, and seeing players and scouting them, you know, in that under that kind of pressure and in that spotlight certainly is going to help. I don't think it's going to hurt anyone. Uh, you know, overall, we got I got a question for Inbox asking about Kumar Rocker game three start. And I think we t- we've talked about that. Uh, you know, I don't think that's going to hurt his stock any. And I think the combine, you know, based on who was there, I think it will help some guys sort of climb maybe into uh, up a round or two in day two or from day three to day two. But I don't know that it's going to have any kind of earth shattering impact in either direction. Jim, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think the only guy who really got affected maybe in the first round is Will Bednar, as you mentioned, Jonathan. Um, but I don't think like Will Bednar is going to go, you know, seventh overall in the draft. Um, you know, and what's what's interesting is Will Bednar was terrible in the Super Regional start against Notre Dame. Like, like I thought he had, he was building momentum of, you know, like I was saying, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen in the back half of the first round because there's no consensus. And he was kind of climbing into that back half of the first round. And then he was terrible against Notre Dame. And I was like, oh, I wonder if that kind of torpedoed it a little bit. And, and then he was the most outstanding player of the College World Series. You know, with Rocker, I will, I guess, guess, just get asked about Kumar Rocker and Jack Leiter ad nauseum until the draft ends or, or maybe not even then. And people keep asking about that. And I keep pointing out, like I, I've done – I'm sure you have two, Jonathan, a million radio shows. Everybody's asking, like, Kumar Rocker, you know, is that championship game start going to hurt him? Well, one, like, he wasn't – he was battling control a little bit, as, as Bednar was too early, but his defense didn't play well. That's not really his fault. And two, his last two starts were on short rest. So I don't think anybody's going to look at it and say, geez, you know, Kumar didn't throw a 19-strikeout no-hitter, so he's going in the second round now. And, and you're right with the combine, Jonathan. I mean, the guys who were, say, top 50 overall talents were at the combine – for the most part, either didn't do anything like on the field or they took BP. Um, and I don't know that that's going to move the needle. I, I think some of those mid-range high school guys that you were trying to figure out if they were signable may have helped themselves. And, you know, like, you know, we talked about Brock Selvage, I think, on a previous podcast and, and Tanner McNugle from Las Vegas. Those are probably the two guys who maybe helped themselves the most because they pitched well in game action. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's there's been – a lot more time than there have been, you know, earth-shaking events that are going to move where guys are going in the draft. All right, you're listening to the MLB Pipeline podcast. I'm Jason Ratliff. Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo are now going to conduct a mock draft of the first ten picks. Now, this is we've we've done this sort of in different ways uh, here and there, uh, but this this time we're going to be doing an actual mock draft where you guys will be picking who you think the teams will take. Um, not your own preferences, correct? Correct. This is a mock draft this time. We will emphasize this is a mock draft, not who we would take, but who we believe the teams will take, uh, you know, as we record this five days before the draft. Jonathan, you are going to pick first and you will be picking for your... I thought Jim was picking first. Jason just mixed it up. Oh, I thought he gave it to you. I, I gave it to Jim. But does that is this like reverse engineering? So that means I have chaos. The first, pick. the first pick is voided. This is how the actual draft is going to go. Ben Charrington is going to say, "Wait a minute, I don't want this pick. <laughs> I don't want it. The Rangers should pick Chris first. Young. You take the pick. We don't I know what we I want gave to it to do. Chris. All right, Jim, go ahead. Pick for the fire. We're 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 relaying what we're hearing, and I, I will preface all this with say, by saying. I don't think the Pirates have made a decision. I don't think the Rangers have made a decision. I feel like if we kind of had those two pieces, we'd have a pretty good idea how the draft was going to unfold, but we don't. And, and so 
what are what what appears in our final mock draft may be much different than this. The Pirates are reportedly, you know, I think they're still mulling options, four or five guys, all position players, Sano, Kumar Rocker, and Jack Leiter are not going to go number one overall. I think when it comes down to it, they take Marcelo Meyer. Uh, Meyer is number one on our list. Not that that's why the Pirates are going to draft him, but he's the best hitter in the draft. He's the best defender in the draft, according to our best tools list. You know, Jonathan scouting port. I, I keep using this line because I love it. You know, he has a chance to be Corey Seager offensively and Brandon Crawford defensively. That's a really good player. I know the Pirates want to save some money with the pick. And I don't think hey, whoever they take is going to command the full $8.4 million in slot value. And, and I think when it comes down to it, they will take the best guy, not pay full price, and have some money to do some damage later in the draft. But I just think you run into a lot of, lot of risk if you try to get cute and you're like, you know what, we're going to try to save more money with this top pick and we're going to get, you know, I think the Pirates pick again at, at 37 and we're, we're going to hope this guy gets to us. You can't guarantee who's going to get to you at 37. So I, I think in the end, they take Marcelo Meyer uh, with the number one overall pick. All right. That sounds like a pretty good combination. Take the best guy and save some money. Number two, Texas, Jonathan. Yeah, I think that what it comes down to for the Rangers at this point, you know, and, and we've kind of talked a lot about the fact that teams not picking one in some ways have are, are in a better spot, given the fact that there's not a ton of separation. I think that they're looking at, uh, you know, a high school shortstop who the Pirates don't take. So in this case, Myers off the board. So that's either Khalil Watson uh, from North Carolina or Jordan Lawler from Texas or Jack Leiter from from Vanderbilt, and I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I put in my last mock, which is now you know a week old, and uh, all, all this is with the caveat that hopefully we'll get more information as the week unfolds. But um, I I just feel like they're going to to lean towards the college guy. Uh, they've been struggling, and he can. It's not like they're going to be ready to win right away, but uh, with some of the sort of young upside talent they had to have a, a foundational rotation guy who could get to the big leagues, maybe create a little buzz sooner, uh, we'll, we'll point them in that direction. So I will have Jack Leiter as the number two pick to the Texas Rangers. All right. And we're not going to get uh, input from each of you about the other's pick, but how about in a word, Jonathan, do you agree with Jim's first pick is that who you would have at number one also yes and jim number two yes i think i've had them no, one that's and two more than and, one word that's well, i know it one is word. but i would say yes but i was gonna say those have been my top two picks in my last three mocks so you cannot contain me to one word so if, if it were possible jim would put two players with each pick that's right i'm i could break down <laughs> all the various options but right. uh, but yeah no I, I think that makes sense um number three detroit jim I'm gonna I'm gonna mix it up a little bit here. I, I think they want Marcelo Meyer at three, who they obviously can't have in this scenario. They're known. I, I think they're the the one team in the top half dozen picks who could take Jackson Job, the high school right-hander from Oklahoma, whose pitches and control the whole package grades better than either Lighter or Rocker, but comes with more risk. I'm gonna shake it up and go Brady House at number Whoa. three, the best power potential in this draft, may be able to stay at shortstop. So I'm just going to mix it up and go Brady house at three right now. Whoa. All right. Word. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take your woe as a no, Jonathan. No, I think it's possible. You know, we've, we've, we've both had Job uh, at three to the tigers repeatedly in multiple mocks. So uh, just to see a different name is, is, is a welcome change of pace. I did that with my mock last week. It just, uh, you know, not, not at this spot. All right. Number four, Red Sox, Jonathan. Hmm. So I think, you know, what we're dealing with here there at this point then is the same high school shortstops, Lawler and Watson. Um, I think Kumar rocker is, you know, in the mix somewhat. And I think I'm going to, you know, and then Henry Davis from Louisville is the other pick, and that's who I had the mock. But I'm going to switch that up, and I'm going to have the Red Sox take Jordan Lawler, number four overall. All right, Jordan Lawler to the Red Sox, number four. Jim, yes or no? Um, yeah, I could say I, I, I'm with Jonathan. I, I, I know it's I didn't give you one more answer. I th I think we both feel like the Red Sox want lighter 
and then we don't have great feel for what they do if he's not on the board. Is it would you is that word, safe to say? Correct. <laughs> so I, I'm incapable of speaking in a word, so I'm sorry. All right. Number five, Baltimore, Jim. Well, well, Jonathan made this easier for me because I think Baltimore is a tough pick because I think they want Jack Leiter too, and he's gone. I think there's a feeling that they'd prefer a college bat. There's only one college bat really worthy of going at the top of the draft. But then if they could also go high school shortstop or they could go, you know, discount deal for a second tier college bat and save money. But because Henry Davis is still on the board, I think he makes perfect sense to Baltimore in this scenario. So I will give Henry Davis the one college position player on the top tier to the Orioles. And now Orioles fans are shrieking, but wait a minute. We just took Adley Rutschman. We have Adley Rutschman. Well, why are you taking Henry Davis? And, and, and I actually handled this question in, in the inbox last week, in the pipeline inbox. But you take the best player. If, if let's say you were in a world where guys cannot change positions and you have two all-star catchers, you could trade one of them for, for a nice you know ransom. But I, I like Davis's bat. There's questions about his catching. I would just make him an everyday third baseman or right fielder and maximize his bat. But so that that, that is the answer in case all Orioles fans are wondering why we would have Henry Davis going fifth. In a word, yep. All right. Number six, Arizona, Jonathan. I will say just quickly, in, in some ways, having Adley Rushman makes it the decision on Henry Davis easier. You don't have to try to have him catch. Like, just move him right away. You know, why even try? Because you have Adley Rushman. Yeah, no more, no more giving Jim trouble for not containing <laughs> Fair himself enough. to one word. All right, so the Diamondbacks you know, have been linked to a number of players. Um, I think that in an ideal world, they would go college. They probably would have some interest in Henry Davis if he got there. I had Jordan Lawler there the last time. Obviously, that's not a possibility. So I'm going to kind of go back to the guy that we've had there a lot. Uh, and he would, and that's Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt, their Friday night starter. We'll talked a little bit about him at the, at the top, uh, you know, had some ups and downs this year, but still very physical power repertoire, frontline starter mold of a, of a pitcher. We'll have to work some things out in terms of his command and his secondary stuff at the next level. But uh, I think, uh, you know, the package is there to, to make sense at number six. Jim, in a word, do it. Yes. Nice. Number um, seven. So seven. No, no. Okay. Oh, you are going to, you're going to, okay. It's my pick, right? I, yeah. I, th- I thought you were going to try to sneak in. A no, no, no. I was, I was starting to say the Royals at seven and uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm holding myself to it. So the Royals at seven, I was just going to say again, Jonathan kind of made my pick for me here because I think the Royals are in a position where they're just going to see which of the top tier guys falls to them at seven. And as Jonathan was discussing his pick or prefacing it, I always think, okay, the Royals are going to take Rocker or Watson, which is what I think the Diamondbacks will do in this scenario. And the Royals will simply get whoever's left. So I think they will take Khalil Watson. And again, now Royals fans are going, wait a minute, we have Bobby Wood Jr. Why are we taking another high school shortstop? But you know, you, guys could play multiple positions. Maybe, you know, Khalil Watson winds up in center field. You know, maybe he winds up at, at short or second or Witt winds up at short or third. But Cleo Watson's got a chance for solid or better tools across the board and has had a great spring. And so I have Cleo Watson going to the Royals in this scenario. All right. And a, and a steal at number seven, the, the number four prospect on our top 100, uh, top 250, I should say. All right, Jonathan, in a word and then on to Colorado. Sensible. Um, and then the Rockies at eight. I have to figure out what I want to do because I've had Brady House there. I think we both have a couple times, and that would make some sense if he's there, but he's not. My inner word will be dilemma. Yeah, right. That That is true. I still think that they're leaning bat, and so I'm going to I'm gonna shake things up as, as Jim did earlier, and I'm going to have the Rockies take Benny Montgomery, the uh, very toolsy high school outfielder from eastern Pennsylvania, some holes in his swing, but uh, does a lot of things really well on the baseball field. All right, number 15 on our top 250 list. Jim, in a word? My, my in a word will be ooh. All right. Like, like an, several O's. Um, so now the Angels picking at nine. Um, and, and I'm with Jonathan because I think the Rockies would like to get one of those top tier guys, but I don't think they're in on all eight of them. And I don't think they would necessarily take a high school pitcher at eight. But I do think the Angels picking at nine 
would pounce on Jackson Job. Um, I think the Angels are going to go pitcher. Um, I think they'd go college pitcher if Jackson Job went ahead of them. Um, you know, I guess there's a chance if one of the top eight felons won the high school shortstop, the Angels could do that. But in this scenario, Jackson Job is there. It's a great arm. It's the best slider in the draft. Um, it's three plus pitches. He's got feel for a curveball too. You know, I, I'll use my standard line. You know, I had scouts who saw him who went 80, fa- 80 slider, 70 fastball, 70 changeup, 60 command. Um, I think the Angels, who desperately need pitching, would jump all over that at number nine and break the hearts of the Mets at 10. So, Jonathan, who do the Mets take at number 10 in this scenario? Uh, I, I think, because they can't now take Jackson Joe, I, I, I think given who was on, uh, you know, on the board, they're going to lean college bat over college arm. Uh, and of the college bats, uh, the one that seems to make the most sense uh, is Sal Freilich from Boston College. Uh, really good field to hit, great approach at the plate, good speed, showed he could play center field this year, off the chart makeup uh, and instincts. Uh, not the biggest guy in the world, uh, but I think has a chance to be kind of a top of the order catalyst. Uh, and there's some extra base pop in there, even though he's only five foot nine. So I, I will put Sal Frelick there ahead of Matt McLean from UCLA, Colton Kowser from Sam Houston, and even uh, the one arm that might fit in there is Ty Madden uh, from from Texas, or if Bednar somehow floats up into the top ten in the in the deal. So that's our mock of the top ten picks. Uh, everybody from the top 10 list with the exception of Benny Montgomery, number 15, and Sal Fralick, number 11, numbers 9 and 10, Ty Madden and Colton Kowser, the two that did not go in our top 10 mock here. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk to the Royals' number one prospect, Bobby Witt Jr. on the MLB Pipeline Podcast. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com MLB and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman is the official partner of Major League Baseball. That's GetRoman.com slash MLB. GetRoman.com slash MLB. Pleased to welcome, I guess, back to the Pipeline podcast, Fr- friend of the pod. It's been a little while. Uh, last time, I think, Bobby Witt joined the podcast. He was still an amateur baseball player, and we're going to get to that in a lot more. But uh, 2021 Futures Gamer, Bobby Witt. Bobby, thanks for taking some time to, to chat with us. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, as always. Let's start with the most recent news, because I'm sure Royals fans and prospect fans were a little worried when it looked like you were a little hobbled. Some people thought it was an ankle injury. Give us a, an update where you are health-wise. How are things? Yeah, I'm good. I'm I'm feeling good. It was a little calf, almost like a calf cramp. Uh, just kind of went on over, but I'm fine now. So I'll be back in the lineup in our next game. And I'll be ready to get back after. Just a little precautionary reason for me to come out of the game at that time. But it was just at the where it was in the game. It's just kind of a tough, tough tough moment for me I was very I was more upset kind of coming out of the game but the coaching staff and everyone's looking for the best health in me so it was good to just kind of be weary on what was going on but I'm good I'm good and ready to go 
Well, I know that the last thing you ever want to do is come out of any kind of baseball game anywhere. So uh, did you try to argue your way to stay in or did you kind of understand the situation? It's, you know, early July. It's, it's, this isn't game seven of the World Series. It's not even you know, the double A playoffs. You know, do you understand the, 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 the cautionary aspect of, of it, just that where you are right now in your career? Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's what our manager talked to me about with and I'm 100 percent with them and I trust them with everything that they do and all their decisions. The other big news, obviously, is, uh, you know, you being named to the Futures game this year. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how excited you are for that? Was this something that was on your radar that you hoped, you know, at some point you'd be able to, to participate in? Oh, yeah, definitely. It was a, a goal of mine ever since I knew what the Futures game was. And uh, now just being able to have the opportunity to represent the Royals and go out there with my teammate and roommate, Nick Prado. I'm just super excited for the both of us and really excited to meet a bunch of the guys that are out there. Just looking forward to a great time. It is, you know, the, you know, the, the best collection of talent in one field. It's sort of like some of those All-American games you played in this high, you know, high school. Any guys that you're looking forward to reconnecting with, maybe guys you played, you know, with for Team USA or Showcase Circuit or you've seen around the minors or, or any guys, I, I know you follow the game pretty closely, that you're really excited to sort of, you've read about them or heard about them that you, you want to see on the field for yourself? Yeah, really all, all 50 players, all, I guess, 49 other players. I'm really excited to look forward to meet, meeting them and some, some, some familiar faces as well with just playing with them. I just kind of like a little homecoming going back to playing with them or even playing against them. And then I think just one person that I would look forward to truly get to actually physically meet is just Adley Rushman just because we were both in that 2019 draft and just seeing all the things about him hearing nothing but great things. So look forward to that and then just – as well as just all the other guys there. And I'm, I'm just really excited. I get to experience this moment with my teammate, Nick Prado as well. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to take it all in and hopefully we can represent the Royals well. It's funny that you mentioned Adley, you know, so much leading up to the draft was talking about the two of, of you guys as the clear top two in the draft. And, and you, you've not actually met him at any time. This will be the first time you've met him. Yes. In person. So we kind of messaged back and forth a little bit, but this is the boot. We'll, would be the first time. All right, fair enough. You know, we, we talked about the fact, uh, you know, that you're a guy who just loves to play. How hard was 2020 for you? You know, just in terms of the, the shutdown, not getting to play any like real games. I, you know, I know the alt site, you know, helped and I'm sure you worked hard, but uh, you know, what were you able to do just in terms of trying to be as competitive and as active as you can, knowing that it wasn't really the real thing? Yeah, it was, it was just weird, I guess, just from going into my first spring training to that getting shut down to just really trying to figure out what to do. And we had a good little group together out in Texas, a little like our COVID, COVID squad, I guess you'd call it. And so we would do some like little inner squad stuff hitting. We would uh, be able to be around some other big leaguers and stuff. But I really just I, – I can't imagine just some of the other – but I got had – after that, I had the opportunity to go to the summer camp and do that and be at the alt site throughout the whole summer and got a lot of at-bats, got, learned a lot, got to be around the big leaguers and just be around a lot of good guys. And But I just really can feel just some of those guys that never had the chance to do any of that. I was just really fortunate for that. And then some of those guys, and no, no season in 2020, and then, then uh, the contraction of the teams, and then some guys are just kind of let, left out to dry. So I just – can't imagine just some of those guys out there that are really dr grinding to try to get back playing and everything. So I was really fortunate enough for that. So, but it was really a different year, but I also, I think that just being going to the summer camps and doing that and uh, being able to perform in front of the coaching staff and get to meet the coaching staff. It, I think it was, it almost benefited me because who knows where I would been or how I was doing, but it, it was, it was a good summer. I learned a lot and, but it was also really a different summer. And I it was just, really in that I feel like it showed me and I hope a lot of other people how grateful you got to be for the game and just for life in general. So it was, it was, it was good, but it was different for sure. Yeah. Not, not like anything, you know, injuries, I guess is one thing you, that can happen, but yeah. this is not something anybody except it clearly didn't affect you too much because you kind of hit the ground running this spring. There was a lot of buzz, um, you know, with the spring training that you had, 
I know that you stay focused when you're on the field and things like that, but is it hard at all not to get caught up in, you know, uh, people on social media or in regular media because you were playing so well, you know, the, the, the calls to have you land on that opening day roster were really, really loud. And I, I'm sure you, you want to prove that you can hold your own against the best, but were you able to balance the sort of the reality of the situation with what was going on in the spring, given all of the, all the noise around that? Oh yeah, I think so. Definitely. And I think the biggest thing for me was just to go out there into spring training at the beginning. I really, I just was had an open mind, just trying to learn and just trying to learn from those big league guys like Maryfield, Nicky Lopez, Montessi, Hunter Dozier, all those guys, just trying to learn just to see how the, the what their routines are and how they go about their business. And then once I kind of got my routine and that's whenever my feet kind of settled in and all the coaching staff, the players, everyone, they kind of had my back and trying to were like helping me just trying to get, get going. And then that's what kind of, it took off from there. And then it was, it was an amazing time just being able to have the opportunity to go to big league spring training and then being able to do some of the things that I did. But I think it was also an eye opener for me just to see that I don't really have to do more. I don't have to do less. I really can just be myself and I'm able to perform at a level where I want to be. And that was just something for me that I didn't have to really try to be someone else. I could just continually just be Bobby Witt Jr. And just work on my craft each and every day and try to be the best me and just keep things simple as much as I can and just go out there and compete and have fun. That's the kind of lesson that you can take where at whatever level you're playing at, right? I would imagine that helped you mm-hmm. sort of get your, your, your feet onto you in, in double A, which is, you know, we're trying to figure out whether that's an aggressive assignment or not, because I guess if you had had a regular 2020, maybe you play across two levels of A-ball, maybe more, who knows? So in some ways it was right. But given that you had barely played professional baseball, it, it, it was a big jump. What, what were some of the biggest challenges you faced when you first got there? And how did you use those lessons from spring maybe to kind of keep yourself even keeled just like you said, being the, the best Bobby way you can be and knowing that that was going to get you going? Yeah, I think that was just, it was just in between the years, just trying to be myself and just try to go out there and just compete and try to win ball games, not try to play, play for me, just play for the team. And that's kind of how I try to play, play the game as a whole. And so, and once that kind of settled in, not, I kind of was just going from spring training to the, to the alt, to this year's alt site and then to double A and I was just kind of going and going and going. And then I just really had to just calm down. And then that's whenever things started to pick back up first few weeks, whatever, we're kind of struggling here and there, but then I just, it's just, this game is all about learning. And that's what I did each and every day. You learn about yourself, you learn about your teammates, and then you try to be the best teammate. And then you just go out there and compete. And that's what I did. And then, and I learned a lot about myself and that was just going back to just trying to be simple, simplify everything, simplify in the cage, my cage work simplify and then take that onto the field. And so that was something that was like big, big for me. Just, you know, I'm saying a lot, just keep things simple. And that's what I kind of did. And then now here we are and just trying to keep it, keep it going, keep working each and every day. Well, keeping things simple is not as simple as it sounds, even though you say it. So, you know, it, it, it clearly is something you probably have to remind yourself over and over again to not try to do too much, especially because your end goal is to make it to, to Kansas City. Now, by we, we've obviously talked a lot in the past uh, about the benefits of having a dad who grew up in the, in the game and how, what the impact he's had. But I wanted to ask you, you know, one thing that he didn't have to deal with was you know, the, the influence that social media can have. Uh, you, you know, back when he played, you would go from you know, maybe being a top amateur guy, uh, even if people were paying attention to the draft, and then kind of disappear into anonymity a little bit in the minor leagues those days are kind of gone have you been surprised at all how much attention everything that you do in other top prospects like like Adley Russian like CJ Abrams you know another guy from your draft class who unfortunately is hurt right now but kind of in the same place as you are have you has that been a little bit of a surprise or are you able to kind of put blinders on when you're playing yeah I try to just push that all away because I'd don't want that to get in my head and I also don't want that to make a have an effect on like my teammates as well because I know they see the things and I see the things but I just try to just push it away as much as possible and they're there and they were there throughout high school and everything in the past few years as well but 
I think of it almost as like, not like something to worry about, but motivation because people are saying these things. They're saying, oh, you can be this, you can be this, but you can be whatever you can, whatever you want to be on paper. But as long until you make that, that stuff they say actually true, that's whenever, whenever you can, I guess, say something about yourself. But that's what I just kind of make it motivation for me and just make it for me to just try to be the best I can possibly be. So I, I try to keep it as like far away as possible, but I know I see it sometimes and it's just there, but I just got to keep, keep it, keep going, keep going straight. Well, I guess, you know, on the positive side, you know, you mentioned the sort of not uh, taking things for granted and being grateful for, so, you know, the attention is because you're playing baseball again. Uh, and with that comes, you know, people saying things on Twitter or, you know, even hearing things in the crowd and you had a year where you couldn't play in front of anybody um, I've seen you play, you have such high energy. I would imagine that you normally would feed off the crowd. How much fun is it to actually have people watching you guys do your thing after a year of, you know, crickets kind of. Oh, oh it's awesome. We embrace it. And I, I love it when we go to the road games and stuff and the fans are out there chirping you and everything. And then whenever they get riled up, that kind of fires me up too. So that's, it's just, it's so much fun just being back playing in front of fans and being able to play for the, play for them really. And so it's just, it's just a blast and getting to do it with this, the team that we have now, it's, it's a lot of fun. I want to ask you two lessons. One about your teammate who's going to the futures game with you. And then, and then about the draft. So Nick Prado is a, is a guy uh, like you was a, a first round pick out of high school a few years back, took him a while to kind of figure things out uh, offensively. Uh, what have you seen from him? You said, you know, you're, you're close with him. He's your roommate. What have you seen from him? You know, obviously you weren't with him every day in previous years, but his first two full seasons, it, it, he seemed like kind of lost approach wise, at least that's what it looked like. What have you been able to see from him day in and day out? That's enabled him to kind of look like the guy that most of us thought he would be when, when he was a first rounder a few years back. Yeah, he's, he's put in the work. That's, he's transformed transformed himself into a big league hitter and that's what he is right now. And I think he'll just continually just get better and better. Just the bats he has there, just the walks he takes, the ABs, his approach, it's, it's, it's a big league. And so I think that just with his, the, I guess the failure or whatever that he had fused through his first few years, he just kind of learned from that and built off that and kind of lit a fire underneath him. And he was like, in, he went at it and last year we were at the alt site together and I've learned so much from him. It's almost like he's kind of been there for, he's like, we're two years apart, but he's like, he's got more years than me, like throughout the minor leagues and everything, but he's almost like a mentor to me as well. Him and then MJ Melendez, all those guys, but Prado, he's just, he's one of the hardest workers and he just goes out there and he, he loves the game. And like, we come back to our apartment, we come back to our hotel room and it's, MLB Network's on, we're talking about baseball. That's, that's what it is here. And that's, that's what I feel like it, it takes to become to like a true, a true gamer. And so it's just great to have him as a teammate and just hopefully we can continually continue to move up the, the charts with each other. And we have hopefully have something special here soon. It doesn't uh, hurt. I'm sure as an infielder, having him at first base, catching oh, oh, you yeah. have to think about it all. Right. And he's, yeah, he's that, kind of money over there. That's a whole nother, whole nother thing. Him and one of the best defensive first basemans I've ever seen. So it really takes, in, if any, stress off playing infield. You could ask anyone in the infield just when you know he's over there, it's, it's a, just a vacuum over there. So it's, it's a lot of fun to be playing with him too. We don't want anyone to think that any of you are one-dimensional, so it's good to give a shout-out yeah. to defense every once oh, yeah. in a while. Let me finish with this because uh, the draft is coming up. This is the first time that it's kind of at the same time. It's literally right after the, the Futures game. So if you want to come by the theater and check out the draft, you know, I, I, you know let me know. I'll, I'll get you in if you want to hang out and see what that's about. But you went through that a couple of years ago. Any advice that you have to, to the, this class that's waiting, like you were waiting two years ago to sort of find out where you're going to go and who you're going to go to, how to handle the – the stress and the pressure of, of all of that. Yeah. I just think of it, just embrace it because you only get to do, go through it once and it's crazy. It's been two, three, however many years, I can't remember how many years it's been for me, two years or it's just, it's once in a lifetime moment when you hear your name and 
And one thing, once ever you start, when you start your professional career, just know that just don't, don't be, don't try to be someone else, just be yourself. And that's kind of how I was talking about earlier. That's one, that's the biggest thing that I've ever kind of put in my head and everything. So just go out there and be you and not try to do too much, not try to do too little, and then, and then embrace the draft and enjoy the process with you and your family and have a great time. It's only been two years, but because of COVID, it yeah, feels like yeah. about five. So we'll, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll give you a, 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 some slack for not remembering exactly when it was. Bobby, as always, yeah. good to talk to you. Looking forward to, to seeing you at Coors Field uh, on, on Sunday for the Futures game. I'll see you then. Yes, sir. Sounds good. Thank you. It's great catching up with Bobby Witt Jr. Uh, we had recorded that on Monday. He was expecting to be in the lineup as uh, today, Tuesday, as we record uh, the rest of our podcast. Good to know that he is healthy. Looking forward to the Futures game uh, and uh, the rest of his career with the Royals. Not surprisingly, he almost wanted to talk more about his teammate Nick Prado than than about himself. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look ahead to a very busy week. Futures game, the High School All-American game, the High School Home Run Derby, Jim's visit to Blimpy if he can find one in Denver. That's coming up next on the MLB Pipeline Podcast. This past year has shown us that without your health, you have nothing. If you're not well, you can't work, look after yourself, or take care of your family. You can't enjoy the life you've worked so hard to build. That's why you need to prioritize taking care of your long-term health today, before it goes from good to bad to worse. So invest in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early before it's too late. And catching them early could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Everyone's health history is different, which is why Forward doctors personalize a health plan with you based on your genetics, lifestyle, and biometrics to achieve long-term results and ensure nothing gets missed. It's time to invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Go to GoForward.com today to protect your future health. That's GoForward.com. GoForward.com. Welcome back to the MLB Pipeline Podcast. I'm Jason Ratliff here with Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. Uh, As we record this, we are looking ahead fearfully to the weekend, which will be one of the busiest weekends of our professional lives. We will... Begin, of course, the you know the big day is Sunday with you know, both the Futures game and the draft. But even before that, uh, we get there a little early and we will be involved in first the MLB uh, USA Baseball High School All-American game on Friday. Um, that will feature most of the very best uh, 2022 high school draft prospects. A couple of years ago in 2019, we had sort of the first edition of this game, uh, but it's a little different this year. Uh, in 2019, there was the PDP League that led up to uh, this game, and this year the PDP League is after the draft, so you're not seeing all these guys leading up to the game. Uh, so a little, a little different uh, variation here, guys. And it'll also be nine innings long this time. I want to say it was seven, wasn't it, two years ago, Jonathan? I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it. so it'll be nine innings. They're going to have, my understanding is, I believe, 18 pitchers who will each pitch one inning each for the two teams. But but it is a loaded game. And, and, and I'm going to have to tell you guys, I'm not going to Denver now because I just researched it and there are no blimpies in the, in the Denver area. So I'm not going, Jonathan. You'll be broadcasting this game as well but um, okay I'm but um, no Jason's right I mean it's got you know almost all the very best players you know going you know as we know right now going into next year's draft on the high school side it's got Elijah Green an outfielder from Florida who I think most people believe would be the number one pick in this year's draft had he reclassified there was a little rumor of that last summer that didn't come true it has Dylan Lesko right-handed pitcher from Georgia who 
his he just sounds crazy good. I mean, he's mid nineties with three advanced secondary pitches and nice projectable body. Uh, you know, he he's you know the top high school pitching prospect. It's got the consensus kind of top four or five prospects. Andrew Jones, who is yes the son of Andrew Jones and is an outfielder from Georgia. Tamar Johnson, who's a shortstop from Georgia. Jason Jones, who's a, a shortstop from Texas. Uh, if you like uh, sons of, you, you don't just have Andrew Jones's kid, but CC Sabathia's son Karsten is a first baseman. He'll be in the game. And Luke Collier's son Cameron is a, he's the only 2023 draft prospect in this game. He's won the best for 2023. He's a, I think they're going to play him at third base. And he, he's from Georgia as well. So it, it's, if you look at the roster for this game and you look at the rankings of how guys stack up, the, the, the Georgia high school class next year will be very strong. Jim, you uh, mentioned the dif- uh, difference in the game and the, the length of it. Uh, will it also be different in that there will be no Harold Reynolds live on the field during the game? <laughs> well, see, it's funny you bring that up because I remember that as the highlight of the game. It was kind of crazy. Harold was on the game. And so... I talked to the producer briefly yesterday and I mentioned that and I don't think Harold's going to be on the field just because it's COVID protocols or whatever. And, but then Harold called me at random and I mentioned that to him and he's like, what are you talking about? I don't know anything about that. And I was talking about how I thought it was the best part of the game and how I was wondering like what was going to happen when he was standing. I think it was Milan Tolentino was playing short and Harold was at shortstop. If somebody had smashed the ball and Harold's like, oh, I'm quick. I would have gotten out of the way. And I'm like, okay. Like, uh, but, uh, so I don't, I don't know. Like I, I would have, if, as of like two o'clock yesterday, I thought there will be no Harold running around the field, but I don't know if Harold is, is, is necessarily a hundred percent resigned to not being on the field. So that will have to be a TBA tune in. The game will be streaming on MLB.com. Correct, Jason? I believe that is correct. So tune in to MLB.com. I think it's seven Eastern on Friday, five mountain time. And you can see if Harold Reynolds will be running around the field. I, I can't imagine we're going to contain Harold in the booth. I, I will for say nine this: innings. if if they don't want Harold Reynolds running around in the field, they should not let him like on the field, right? They should keep him in the in the broadcast booth because I don't know that he can help himself. He just gets too excited. It's like asking Jim for a one word answer. Exactly. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Milan Tolentino. I was looking back at our uh, coverage of the 2019 game and the, some of the top performers from that game. Uh, Milan Tolentino, uh, Tolentino uh, one of them, uh, he just debuted uh, a few days ago and is off to a quick start. Four for 14, two home runs, uh, six RBIs in his first, I think, four games. Uh, Jordan Walker played in that game. He was the 21st overall pick uh, out of that draft and uh, off to a blistering start for Palm Beach. Uh, then was promoted to Peoria, where he slowed down a bit. Um, Jared Jones ended up being the 44th overall pick uh, by the Pirates. Uh, he's 1-0 with a 3.18 ERA, uh, 39 strikeouts, and 22 innings so far. Mick Abel uh, may have been the uh, highest-picked player, I don't know about from that game, but among the top performers in that game. Uh, went 15th overall to the Phillies. He's their number one prospect now, number 59 overall. So, uh, you know, this game is is sure to turn out. Uh, some guys that you will be seeing uh, going early, very early in next year's draft, and then becoming uh, some of your team's top prospects in the very near future. And I was going to say, Jason, just throwing in two guys who went to college baseball who had great years. Robert Moore, Dayton Moore's son uh, at Arkansas. He actually graduated early and enrolled at Arkansas. Um, yeah, I guess I have, now my timing's all messed up. I guess he enrolled at Arkansas last year in the shortened season, but had full season and led Arkansas, the number one ranking for most of the season. And then Kevin Parada, the catcher who wound up at Georgia tech is, I think going to be a top candidate. I, I don't know how they're going to settle freshman of the year with your, your true freshman versus your COVID freshman, COVID freshman like Jack lighter, but um, Kevin Parada might've been the best true freshman in college baseball this year at Georgia tech. So, you know, th- these names may not be familiar to any, but the most diehard fans right now, but you will definitely be hearing about these guys, as Jason said, both in, in terms of college baseball and in terms of pro baseball, you know, very, very soon. All right. So that is the MLB USA Baseball All-American Game on Friday, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern. You can watch it on MLB.com. Then on Saturday is the High School Home Run Derby. Uh, that is at 2.30 Eastern. Uh, you'll also be able to watch that on MLB.com. Uh, we've seen some 
we've seen some pretty good players participate in the high school home run derby over the years. Could you, how many how many uh, how many winners can you guys name? Should be able to. You should Bobby be Wood Junior. The Bobby Wood Junior won in 2018. Blaze Jordan. Blaze Jordan won in 2019. Luke and Baker. Luke and Baker won in 2014. Ooh, that's a good one. Done. Well, that's because I had to get up at seven in the morning to cover that yeah, one. I remember that. I, I remember like, wait a minute, what? This is at seven in the morning. Um, uh, oh, what about the guy the Brewers signed? Um, like second round pick, got big money, and I'm forgetting his name, and he struck out a lot. Shortstop um, Gatewood. Yes, so that's Jake who I was Gatewood. going with. He's the one that kind of put this thing on the map, right? He went. I think off. he was the first one. I think that yeah, was I the first so. one, wasn't it? Yeah, at City Field. Yeah. I believe yes. that's right. How about some uh, current pitching prospects who who participated in the high school home run derby? Oh, um, the, it's like God. I'm I'm terrible to remember names. It's the guy the Braves drafted. Yep. That is is it Wentz? Yes, Joey jo- Wentz. Joey Wentz because he he had an arm injury, so he only he didn't hit. win. No, he didn't win. He he participated. He only hit that summer, and 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 I was gonna say Luke and Baker at the time was a two way guy. Considered more of a pitcher, actually. Hunter um, Green was in the home run high school home run derby. There you go. There you go. Yeah, uh, Wentz participated in 2015 when we had a tie uh, between Andy Yerzy and Ron Washington Jr. in 2015. 2016, uh, Nick Bruiser. Nice name. Sure. Uh, defeated Nick Stores. And 2017 champion was Nolan Gorman, who defeated Noah Naylor. And oh, that was a good matchup. Making the brothers Naylor uh, the the only brothers to ever uh, be runner up in the high school home run derby. That, that was Naylor. in Miami, wasn't it? Because I think that Josh was. might have been in the futures game, and he came down to watch it with a couple of his teammates. Oh, there you go. And I remember asking Josh who had more power, him or 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 Bo, and he just looked at me like, like what a stupid question. Of course, it's me. Um, <laughs> but I remember, like, there was another, there was another Canadian player, and they came down to support. Maybe it was Mike Soroka. They came down to support Bo, and I also remember that year, Elijah Cabell, uh, who who was crushing balls at the combine a couple of weeks ago, was. I, I kind of agree with him. I think they miscounted his home runs because he came up to me. I, I couldn't help him, and he said, like, but I was keeping track, and he's like, didn't I have? eight home runs instead of seven or whatever. And I was like, that's what I have. But whoever was in charge of official scoring, I think cheated Elijah, cheated Elijah Cabell out of a homer. So, um, and, and I couldn't help him. So it was, it was very sad. Uh, that year also included Tristan Cassis and Jared Kelnick. It's a good group. Uh, yeah. Well, the 2016 group, uh, in addition to Hunter Green, uh, Royce Lewis and Joe Adele in there as well. Now, so I remember Reese Hines crushing balls the year Bobby Witt Jr. won also. They, they, they were both crushing balls in D.C. Yeah, they were the two finalists. So this year's lineup, uh, Elijah Green, Tamar Johnson, Jared Jones, Caden Martin, Robbie Snelling, Riley Stanford, Sal Stewart, and Jason Torres. And then, of course, the two finalists move on, uh, and they get to uh, take their hacks in front of uh, – on the big stage in front of the, the crowd at the actual – major league baseball home run derby so that's that's got to be extremely exciting you know for years i've had this idea i'll just throw it out there again i don't know if i ever mentioned on the podcast they should definitely have and it will lead into something we're gonna do in a minute they should definitely have a futures game home run derby yes and they should take the two players the two finalists and put them in the major league home run derby and i've been inspired by that ever since joey gallo was just unbelievable hitting batting practice, crushing a truck that was up on the concourse uh, in Minnesota. And I think it would be awesome to see the the like top couple minor league sluggers taking their hacks and maybe trying to win the the major league home run derby. That would be awesome. Well, that's a professional segue setup right there. Well, it yes. was an accidental segue. I but but yeah, I, I mean they need to do that. We need to make that happen. All right, so let's go ahead and get into our. Uh, futures game home run derby draft. Jim, you kind of touched on this. That for years we've we've kind of just viewed batting practice as the unofficial futures game home run derby. We've had years where we uh, have written stories about it and counted them up. And this year we decided that we would do uh, a draft. And Jim and Jonathan will each select uh, four players from the futures game rosters. And then during futures game batting practice, we will keep track of how many home runs each quartet hits 
and uh, declare a winner. So, and do do uh, we get the standard twenty five thousand dollars if we're the winner here? How, how does twenty five thousand dollars? Yes, this is as are all competitions between the two of you on this podcast. Uh, the loot is twenty five thousand dollars. I, I, um, I know who Jonathan's going to pick with the number one pick in this draft. Yeah, I was going to say. I guess Jonathan picks first since you picked you first. You do? I do. I know exactly. Previous. If well, it's, it's funny is I've done no prep. I'm like no. frantically looking at a futures game roster right That's now. What, I'm doing the same thing. But, but I know. But I know who you're picking. In fact, I will. I will slack to Jason. Who the who your <laughs> my my mock draft? Who your number one pick is? You're like one of those magicians on America's Got Talent. Or I could just do the mock draft for. I could do the draft for both of us. I'll make your picks and my picks. And then I can just tell you whether you're right or wrong. In a word. Jason, so the funny I, thing I have is, Jim's prediction. I know I who could, you're picking. I could completely go off the board and pick someone just so you're wrong. But you and won't that's do that. Tempting. That's no fun. So I'm not. So I think I'm probably going to uh, prove Jim right by taking Julio Rodriguez with my yes! top pick. I had him going number one that in my is- mocks. <laughs> Well, you were excited. Of the- I, well, it was funny because I was looking, and there, I mean, there's a lot of great options on here. And then when I saw, I was like, "Oh, well, that's who Jonathan's team." Yeah. So. Well, you know, I I have great affinity for Julio, and I just think he he will uh, enjoy the aspect of putting on a show and in a BP session like that at the Futures game. All right. So, Jim, having having known that that was going to be Jonathan's pick, you had some extra time to prepare. Who did you come up this with? One, right. Two. This should be Serpentine. Stop that. Oh, we should. You shouldn't get to pick ahead of me in every round. That's not fair. I should get two Fine. picks here. Okay. I'm taking – well, do you know who I'm going to pick, Jonathan? Who my first pick will be? Um, I think it's pretty obvious if you if you take a second. I, I think I – well – Pack it to I, Jason so you don't influence me. It's not okay. going to necessarily Go be ahead. a guy who's barely played because I'd be looking to win this. So. Yes, I understand that. I did, that's not who I guessed. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to take Marco Luciano. Nah. And I'm going to take Nolan Gorman because he's already won a home run derby and he's got huge power. There's lots of good choices here, but I will take Marco Luciano of the Giants and Nolan Gorman of the Cardinals. Now, Jonathan missed on both of those. So well, I, I only guess- guessed one. But the, the funny thing is, is that I started to type out Marco Luciano and then changed it. Ah. The good thing is now I can take the guy that I changed it to and I will take someone else who's already won a home run derby, Bobby Witt Jr. Yep, that's a good one. And then, oh, I get one more. I was not prepared for that. Um, you know what? I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with Spencer Torkelson of the Detroit Tigers, the uh, number three overall prospect in baseball. Good pick. I like that pick. He would have been my next pick. I will go Adley Rutschman with one of my picks. Ah, there's so many guys you can pick here. Um, you know what? Uh, well, man, it's tough because <laughs> it's like I'm looking. There, there's there's two pure hitters who also have a lot of power. Who I th- you know, I'm going to take Jared Kelnick. I think I think I'm just going to take Jared Kelnick, who who is much better than he showed in the big leagues, and he's going to take out his frustrations on the ball at Coors Field. So I I will take Jared Kelnick. But man, well, there's a lot of good players to pick here. And he has been raking of late. So I think I think that's a very good pick. I would have taken Jared Kelnick with that my final selection. Uh, if you had not, and I almost took him this last round. And yes, I am tap dancing now to give myself a little more time. So I think, you know, I'm going to double up on Detroit Tigers and take Riley Green, one of those sort of pure hitters who I think will understand the uh, the fun of the of the futures game and and hit a lot of balls out of the yard at Coors Field. That that was my other guy. I almost picked with my last pick. Too. Man, there are so, so many. Jason, you could now take your own four. Of guys we didn't pick and have yeah. every chance to win. Yeah, yeah. take four guys, Jason. We're, we're, we want you to take four guys right now that we did not pick from the rest off of the, the field. Off the scrap heap? Yes. In no particular order. That's fine. I will take Nick Prado. Yep. I will take – I think I'll take Brett Beatty. Mm-hmm. I considered him a little bit. Yeah, then the, the pure hitter category, sure. Um, Give me a – give me a recommendation. Oh, Wow. Well, there is a, I, there you is know, a guy. Wait a I can't. No, we can't. We can't not take Jason Dominguez, right? Sure. Sure. I th- I considered it. And how about I'll take? He's got experience in the home run derbies. Mm-hmm. He fell just shy. Yep. I'll take Bo Naylor. That's who I was looking at. And, and, and I mean, and you could still go Yoelki Suspedes or Pedro Leon or Francisco Alvarez or Tyler Soderstrom. I mean, I mean, there's there's a, there's a lot. There there's a lot. Yeah. 
a lot of good hitters in this game. All right, so it'll be, it'll be fun to see how this shakes out. We'll uh, we'll come up with a little scorecard and keep track uh, prior to the game on Sunday. So uh, futures game on Sunday, seven inning game starts at three o'clock Eastern. You can watch that on MLB Network and MLB dot uh, com. And of course, that will take us into day one of the draft, which begins with preview show at six o'clock and then first pick at seven. Day two of the draft is on Monday, uh, begins at one o'clock Eastern and day three on Tuesday begins at noon Eastern. So that's a look ahead at a very, very busy week. Uh, we want to wrap things up here on the podcast by answering a couple questions from the mailbag. Uh, first, uh, this comes from Zip Kid CW, Chris. He says, with the draft being on a weekend, will the mock drop midweek, Saturday night, or Sunday morning, or will we get two? And the answer is? There will not be one midweek. Um, We figured that was a little too much, given that we will do one late on Saturday night. That will be my final one. Jim, are you going to do a, like, names-only one on Sunday that I will not have time to do? Yeah, because you'll be at the Futures game. Because I will be broadcasting the Futures game. I think you could do that while you're broadcasting the game. Just work on it between innings. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I probably will. I mean, you know, more not not for any kind of – I mean, obviously it's not fair if we were to compare to compare a Sunday mock to a Saturday night mock, but more just to kind of reflect, you know, what news we're hearing and gathering during the day. So I, I'm sure I will, I will, I will tackle that uh, Sunday afternoon. And a little bonus uh, top 10 mock today, which we just completed. All right. And uh, our second question comes from our frequent uh, question submitter, Stephen D'Alessio. Who would be your surprise non-picks heading into day two of the 2021 MLB draft? You want me to go first, Jim? Yeah, no, I was I was mulling it. I was. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, so. You know, one of the things we were talking before we started recording is you know, I don't know how much of a surprise it would be. You know, it's not that many picks. And there's a huge selection of players that could sneak into the first, you know, back into the first round, could be comp picks, but could be there at the start of day two. So I think to me, the the name that would be the biggest sort of surprise to people, uh, I don't think it would shock either one of us, would be Andrew Painter, the high school right-hander from Florida, um, you know, came into the year as, you know, perceived to be the best high school arm in the class. Jackson Job has passed him by. He, Painter hasn't done anything to hurt himself, wasn't as dominant as some people would have liked to see early, but the stuff was all there. Uh, you know, high school stats are what they are, but he, he, he was ridiculous and it's size, it's stuff, and it's a feel for pitching. Um, but I could see just because teams can be a little risk averse when it comes to high school pitching that he doesn't go in the first round proper. Again, maybe he goes to a team with multiple picks that have a comp pick, but he could be there. You know, we talked at the start of the show and maybe the pirates get Marcelo Meyer. Number one, they save just enough money and then they can get and pay for Andrew painter with that opening pick in the second round. Yeah. I think high school pitchers, the best way to go, you know, especially the right-handers teams are, you know, a little skittish about taking those guys. You know, once you get out of the top half of the first round, you know, a lot of times can get paid more by being somebody's second pick. And as Jonathan said, you know, maybe these guys go in the sandwich round. You know, the first day is only going to be the first 36 picks this year. Um, it's not going to be the top two rounds like it has been some years past. But, I mean, I think you could throw Chase Petty into that group. Um, I think you could really throw any of the top high school pitchers in that group. You know, if you told me that, that Anthony Solomito or Frank Mazzucato wound up getting paid more at the top of the second round than at the end of the first. I could see that too. For a college name, it's a little trickier because, again, there isn't a consensus of, hey, here's 25 guys who are definitely going the first round. But but, but I'll throw out Judd Fabian's name, Jonathan, as a college guy where, you know, I mean, you can have all kinds of different scenarios happen with the college players. You could have perhaps somebody really likes Judd Fabian in the top 15 picks and they move him up and they take a discount. 
or maybe, and he's had an up and down season, but he has a lot of tools and a lot of power and, and he did make some adjustments. He, he, you know, was really great for about a month and a half. And, and then he had a little bit of a slow finish uh, after a bad start, but you know, Judd Fabian probably fits in the twenties on talent, but it could be a situation where team picking the top of the second round says, look, you know, this, the slots in the twenties are, are around two and a half million. You know, we'll give you 3 million if you can get to us in, in, in the late thirties. So uh, of the college names, who I think fans know about or maybe famous have been talked about in the first round. He might be a guy who, who winds up getting a better deal if he goes in the second round. Yeah. I'll just tag on a couple of high school bats, you know, and, and these are all names that have come up as potential first rounders, but you know, you don't, you don't necessarily know for sure. Wes Kath, Isaac Pacheco, Tyler Whitaker. These are all guys who, you know, uh, we hear all the time, maybe Will Taylor, uh, who we've heard all over the first round is a guy who, uh, because you'll need to sign him away from playing football, could could end up in the second round. So that's a bucket of some high school position players to keep an eye out what happens in that uh, first round and comp round to see uh, if they're available at the start of day two on Monday. All right. Thanks to Stephen and Chris for their questions. Special thanks to Bobby Witt Jr. for joining us on the show today. And thanks to all of you for listening. That's going to do it for this week's MLB Pipeline podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode. If you're enjoying the show or have any suggestions, please leave us a rating and a review. We will see you on the other side of the Futures game and the draft next week. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about. With a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com MLB and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash MLB today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman is the official partner of Major League Baseball. That's GetRoman.com slash MLB. GetRoman.com slash MLB.